a Jew, one who's descended from the ancient tribes of Judea, but one who's regarded descended from that tribe. That's what it says in the dictionary. You and I know what a Jew is, one who killed the Lord. We did this 2,000 years ago, and there should be a statute of limitations with that crime. He was born in 1925. He enlisted into the army when he was 17. He was first arrested when he was 34. He died when he was 40. Although he had a short life filled with drugs and lawsuits, his everlasting influence cannot be denied. From the streets of New York to the hills of California, he fought for the First Amendment one joke at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, Lenny Bruce. Born in 1925 to Mickey Schneider and Sally Marr, Leonard Alfred Schneider grew up in the typical suburban area of Belmore, New York. When he was five, his parents divorced, although he stayed with multiple different relatives for most of his childhood. After being discharged from the Army for his supposed homosexuality, Leonard settled in New York and tried to find a job as a comedian, along the way marrying Honey Harlow, a stripper from Baltimore. It was here also in New York that he changed his surname to Bruce, forever commanding the stage as Lenny Bruce. Much of what influenced Bruce came from his family growing up. His mother often performed on stage, so she had a large impact on what his career would become. With regards to his material, Lenny Bruce grew up with what his biographer Albert Goldman calls Jewish love. That is, love mingled with so much condescension, embittered with so much tacit disapproval, that when you are the object of this love, you might as well be the object of hate. This combination of love and hate influenced many of his jokes and acts, although this idea of the self-deprecating Jew had been around for years, beginning in the 1920s with Jewish vaudeville theater. Bruce's comedy included everything from the traditional, as in politics or pop culture, to what was deemed the obscene, which included race, religion, sex, and drugs. It was for the latter category that the comedian was arrested multiple times, the first being in 1961. One famous act he had was about the differences between Jews and Goyim, that is to say, non-Jews. If you live in New York or any other big city, you are Jewish. It doesn't matter even if you're Catholic. If you live in New York, you're Jewish. If you live in Butte, Montana, you're going to be Goyish even if you're Jewish. Pumpernickel is Jewish, and, as you know, white bread is very Goyish. Instant potatoes, Goyish. Black cherry sodas, very Jewish. Macaroons are very Jewish. In 1964, Lenny Bruce was tried and found guilty on charges of obscenity, despite a petition protesting the sentence, signed by many famous people in the arts industry, including Woody Allen, Jules Pfeiffer, Paul Newman, and Allen Ginsberg. After four months, Bruce was released on bail. Although his performances were affected by his stint in prison, as much of his comedy began to revolve around his right to free speech. It was also after his release that he began to write an autobiography, which was serialized in Playboy magazine and published in its entirety as How to Talk Dirty and Influence People. His last public performance was on June 25, 1966, at the Fillmore in San Francisco, and about a month later, on August 3rd, he was found dead in his home in Hollywood by an overdose of morphine, a drug addiction Bruce had been battling for much of his life. A eulogy was written in Playboy that now famously stated, one last four-letter word for Lenny, dead at 40. That's obscene. Lenny Bruce broke all barriers with regards to comedy, and this in turn influenced the idea of censorship in the entertainment industry. 
After all, the First Amendment of the Constitution grants everyone to the right for free speech. He influenced a countless number of comedians as well, including Jerry Seinfeld and Jon Stewart, two prominent Jewish entertainers. Many things can be said about why Bruce became such a significant influence in comedy. He was daring, funny, and most importantly, he revealed society for what it was and spoke the truth. Clearly, Lenny Bruce made an everlasting impact on not only comedy, but on free speech in the entertainment industry in general. As both a comedian and a person, Bruce's life can be summarized by the following ending passage from his autobiography. My friend Paul Krasner once asked me what I've been influenced by in my work. I have been influenced by my father telling me that my back would become crooked because of my maniacal desire to masturbate, by listening to Uncle Don and Clifford Brown, by smelling the burnt shell powder at Anzio and Salerno, giving money to Moondog as he played the unturned pails around the corner from Hanson's at 51st and Broadway, getting hot looking at Popeye and Toots and Casper and Chris Krusty years ago. Irving Berlin didn't write all those songs. He's got a guy locked in the closet. And Hitler is waiting to book me for six weeks in Argentina. It was an absurd question. I am influenced by every second of my waking hour.